Good morning, Tyndale. It's my privilege to be here on a beautiful day to bring you all inside where you can't see the sunshine. We're going to talk about very serious things today, and I just want to uh, forewarn you, um, it might touch your heart a little. Uh, I myself suffer from a clinical depression, and I take medication every day, so if you're inclined to take things very seriously and take them home in your heart with you, uh, know this from the beginning. God is at work. This great God you've been singing about uh, today is at work in the world. He's at work in your life. And he's at work in the circumstances that we will talk about now together. I was a student here back before electricity was invented. And <clears throat> now I'm a grandfather. And uh, it's way better being a grandpa. I can do no wrong. I have a three-year-old granddaughter named Emma. And uh, she wants me to tell her stories all the time. And so I do. And her favorite thing is to say, Papa... Tell me stories about rats. Rats. Why rats? It has captured her imagination. So I have told her about every rat I have ever known. <laughs> and they're endless. The stories are endless because they're all entirely fictional. Uh, none of the stories I tell you today are fictional. They're all true. And uh, I will get most of the details right. Uh, if, I, if I get the details wrong, it, uh, it'll just be me exaggerating to prove a point. So, uh, you know, if you go fact check on me while I'm talking, don't raise your hand. Just tell me afterwards and I'll apologize. Today's mission, should you choose to accept it, nothing very difficult. By the way, where do I point this to make this move? Oh, there we go. Eradicate slavery in our lifetime. Piece of cake. And I figured there would be enough here, people here in chapel that if 90% of you took this up, we'd have it all done by lunchtime. It sounds uh, like, for some of you, it will be, we already did that. Slavery was already eradicated once. Well, yes and no. Uh, during the African slave trade, about 14 million people were taken from Africa and dispersed around the world in that slave trade over a 400-year period. Right now, today, uh, on this day, while you sit here, there's about 40 million people in slavery. So it has changed what it looks like, has changed the areas in which it operates, and it's now illegal in pretty much every country of the world. And so the tactics for tackling it are quite different. Uh, and yet, uh, there's uh, a lot of tactics yet to be discovered. But this is what I want to bring to you, that what could you do with your life to have a part in eradicating slavery? Well, first of all, what does slavery look like? Slavery looks like this photo here. The woman in front is Anu George, and Anu is leading a group of people to freedom out of a forest in India. These people have been held in that forest for a number of years uh, to work for free, uh, to work with very little food and to uh, bring lots of money to their employer but nothing of gain to themselves. And they look terrified because standing right in front of them where she's looking is their owner who's yelling at them and cursing them and telling them to go back to work. That these policemen who've come, these strangers who've come are just taking them to a worse place than where they have been. And that's what they've been told for years and years. So 
rescuing people from slavery, the actual event, is fraught with all kinds of difficulty and misgivings, and sometimes the people that need rescuing don't even know it and uh, are very suspicious of those who are trying to help them. The other thing about this photo is Anu, George, uh, is now my boss as of yesterday. She, she is the Canadian Director of International Justice Mission. We um, were told a year ago that she was going to become our director, and we were all excited, but then we couldn't get a visa. Finally, we got a visa in April, one week before her doctors said she couldn't travel due to being pregnant. So Anu arrived in Canada, and a month later gave birth to twins. Twins, yeah. And they are fantastic, fantastic. I was just holding them yesterday. And, uh, you know, we told her, hey, you get a whole year off, you know, to look after these babies. Don't sweat it. She said, oh, no, I want to, I want to work. And uh, so she was back in the office yesterday. Good thing was she brought the babies, too. But Anu is the new Canadian director, and I hope at some point you'll get to hear her somewhere. Uh, Anu has the distinction, along with about five or six other people in our organization, to have set free from slavery more people than anyone in the history of the world. She has personally been involved in... Yes, you can clap for her. Anu has been involved in the rescuing of approximately uh, 7,500 people. Uh, and her last assignment for the last five years was training a group of organizations in India to do the exact same work that um, she was already doing. We have four offices in India, and now there are five other organizations uh, that now rescue more slaves than we do. Um, and that's a, a very great accomplishment and has become a model for us to extrapolate in other parts of the world. Slavery is very uh, grim to behold. This man, the first time he's seen strangers come into the area where he is being held as a slave, he ran to them and he bowed before them on hands and knees and begged them to set him free. He didn't know who they were. He didn't know where they'd come from. He just knew somebody had to set him free. He couldn't take another day of this. It turns out these are government officials um, coming in with IJM and a whole set of police officers to do that very thing. And on that day, when he was set free, um, there... He, uh, and along with 42 other people, found freedom from slavery. Nobody should have to beg for freedom. And you can be the people who make sure that doesn't happen. When you are uh, bound in slavery, there are a whole lot of things that can go wrong. And nobody cares. No manner of damage or assault or insult matters to anybody. Uh, this, these hands are of a teenager who was rescued from a snack factory. Sounds very benevolent, except all of the people held inside this factory uh, cooked uh, edible snacks um, for 14 hours a day, uh, splattered by grease, burnt, no treatment whatsoever. And these are just the hands that prepared those snacks. For somebody who consumed them uh, somewhere down the road with no idea of whose life was destroyed in making them. Three brothers here, the youngest of whom is underage, so his face is blurred out. Three brothers being set free from slavery that they had known their whole lives. Their father had borrowed money 
to, um, uh, for some medical care. And his father died in slavery, and the three boys were still there when they were rescued and set free and relocated and given a chance to start all over again. When people are set free from slavery through IJM, there's a long-term process of rehabilitation. Um, in the very first few days, though, one of the important things that happens is that they get a certificate, which they are receiving here from a government official. This was mandated in the law of India that they should all be given a, basically a personal emancipation of, or sorry, declaration of emancipation. But no one had ever seen one. No one had ever gotten one. No one had ever been set free by that law. And so uh, 10, 12 years ago, when we had our first um, successful uh, raids, uh, we had to create one. And now it's in use all over the country. These successes happen because somebody sitting, listening to these stories years ago decided to pray. And now I handed out a card. Probably just a few of you got them because there, there weren't enough. If you fill that card out, you will get an email every week with a few prayer requests from IJM that will not only give you some insight in what to pray for, but will also teach you about injustice in the world and what it really looks like. We depend upon it. All of our success comes from prayer. Uh, all of our success is predicated on God doing his will in the world, and we just get to participate in it like little children. One of the stories I told Emma on the weekend was when I was about eight years old, I got to paint a picnic table. She was just staring at me like, paint? Who let you have paint, Papa? And I said, my mom got all four of us outside. We painted this picnic table, and then we painted each other from top to bottom. And it was the most glorious thing. Did my mom get mad? Nope. Did she need our help to paint this picnic table? No. Not in the slightest. In fact, she probably repainted it later and got some of the paint on the table. That's how God is with us. We are like his little children. And when we say, Papa, I want to paint. He says, okay, come and paint. When, when we say to him, I want to do your will in the world. I'd like to set slaves free. I would like to help this endangered person. I want to change the way the world works. He says, okay, come, come. And he lets us work with him. It's a grand pleasure, and when you sign up for it, you never know where it's going to lead. Two children demonstrating to us, uh, after they had been freed, what their job was every day. Uh, these uh, children are seven and eight years of age, these, this little boy and girl. They had a younger uh, sibling who was four years old, and their job was to take the bricks that their parents were making and turn them so they could dry evenly. And they did this all day long. These are 18-hour work days when you're a slave making bricks. No child should be making bricks, right? Children should be using their imagination and hearing stories about rats from their grandpa, but not making bricks. This story came uh, on Friday, and um, George alluded to it. Young men making jewelry. In this series of raids, there were seven raids this month of seven different jewelry factories, and there were a total of 44 teenage boys and 32 adult men. 76 people uh, were set free from this slavery in these jewelry-making uh, situations. It was all gold. They handled gold all day long. 
and all the chemicals associated with purifying gold and making jewelry. But they barely had enough food to eat. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Surrounded by gold, gold everywhere, so much gold they were guarded, couldn't leave the building. There's nowhere to smuggle gold out to, they never got out. And uh, this month they were uh, set free in a series of raids, one after the other, and every one of the owners of these places was arrested and has been held without bail. Why is that significant? Because people run away. And 10 years ago, when we had our first uh, successful raids and uh, people were arrested, um, they were allowed to go. They posted bail and they left. And we never saw them again. So now, 10 years later, so many changes have happened in the justice system that they're held without bail automatically. I'm going to show you a little video here. The boys have had a couple days of freedom and now they've just been told that buses are coming and they're about to begin their journey home. They came from a part of India 1,000 kilometers from where they are. So the whole group of them is going home. happy noises in case you wondered but they'd just been told they're going home so they grabbed their bags you notice they all have the same uh, little carry bag with all their belongings in it doesn't even fill the bag and they're going home they never thought they'd ever see home again this is cool work so if you ever want to do cool work come and join IJM or better yet create another one there's lots of room for more if people, if you created a new organization every day from now to the kingdom comes that would rescue people from slavery, we'll have it all eradicated in about 10 years' time. There's lots of room. There's lots of room and the need for every type of skill and understanding that you have. When I was a student here, this is one of the most important things I learned from A.W. Tozer. And uh, he wasn't here speaking in chapel personally. I'm not quite that old. Um, A.W. Tozer uh, was a preacher here in Toronto back in the 60s. But he said this very important thing. What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Because you can know all the things I just told you about slavery. You can understand that it's a real problem. And say, I'm glad I'm not a slave. And just go and do your thing. Just serve yourself and have no interest in justice for the poor, but just us. Uh, But when you believe correctly about God, when you understand God as he wants you to understand him, then things change. This is from the book of Jeremiah chapter 9. I had to memorize this verse when I was a brand new Christian at 14. But it was all about the boasting part. They were trying to make me humble. I mean, at 14, I wasn't boasting about anything. I wasn't strong, I wasn't rich, 
I wasn't very wise. I knew pretty much everything, but I wasn't very wise. Let the one who boasts, boasts about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So if you're going to think about God, think this. To know God is to know justice. He says it again in chapter 22, in trying to explain to the new king. Does it make you a king to have more and more cedar? Did not your father have food and drink? He did what was right and just, so all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord, to defend the cause of the poor and needy, not to live in royal houses, says a little bit earlier. Know this, to know God is to know justice. And there's a lot of things about justice, uh, a lot of facts that you could cram into your mind. And if you want to read um, a really good introduction to understanding justice and the scriptures and modern day, this book is called Good News About Injustice. And I brought about 15 copies so you can share them. Um, Just kidding. Uh, There's 15 of them here. And normally they're $121.99 each, just like all your other textbooks. But here... Because I'm an alumni, $10 each. And if you want two, $20. (laughs) That's your bargain for the day. 40 million people are held in slavery today. One in four slaves is a child. Interesting, isn't it? I wouldn't have known that. In IJM's work, it's much higher percentage than that because we tend to focus on violence against children and women. When we uh, raid a brothel with the police, it's the children that we can take out because often it's legal for women over 18 to be there. Uh, So we find children in the most horrific of circumstances. Um, It's a very lucrative problem, $150 billion a year. And just in case you don't understand the consequences, uh, every... 12 minutes, a child disappears in India and half are never found again by their parents, by anyone who knows them. Think this, Micah says. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to act justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. So if you're going to think rightly about God, think this. Justice is something that you do. It's not just something that you know about. We like to say in IJM that we are educating people about justice and injustice, but we, it's not just about education. It is about doing. Jesus himself said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Some things are more important, especially if you happen to be a victim of slavery yourself. You would certainly think some things are more important. In IJM, 
Um, we have been around now for 22 years. Uh, 49,000 people have been rescued from various forms of slavery. And because of that, uh, it creates protection for more people. So they estimate that about 150 million people will never be slaves and are protected from becoming slaves because of those 49,000 that have been rescued. And this is typically the way of God in the world. He takes a small thing you do and he makes it into a big thing. He takes a small amount of money you give and he turns it into a fortune. He takes one time of prayer and he sets people free. This is the way of God in the world. We've seen it over and over again. We've seen kings, that is the rulers of the earth, change their mind about what's important. When I first joined IJM the, in the country of India, the Minister of Education said there was no slavery in India, just poverty. Now, the country of India says they're going to completely eradicate slavery by 2030. 2030. And about half of all the earth's slaves are probably in that uh, country of one billion people. Pretty cool. This is God changing the minds of rulers in real time. You get involved in this, and that's what you will see. When we first had people arrested for abusing men, women, and children in slavery, they got one day in jail. It was called to the rising of the court. They stayed in jail for the day, they got convicted, and then they went home. Now, they get life in prison. In the country of Bolivia, where we prosecute um, people who rape children, at first, no one ever got convicted. Now, nine out of 10 are convicted, and uh, the sentences are ranged from 31 years in prison to life. So much so they instituted a plea bargaining system. They don't have plea bargaining in Bolivia for any crime except for child sexual abuse. And they did it to speed up the cases. And now uh, the plea bargain sentence is 21 years. 21 years. Okay? 21 years in Canada, you would have to uh, have killed a, uh, half a room full of people. Because uh, I, had a, I, I had a friend who murdered three people and he was out in eight years in Canada. So God is at work doing things, changing the minds of leaders in ways that is astounding. The thing I want to bring to you today is uh, the most disturbing part of our work because we're all mature people here. It's called cyber sex trafficking. This is the trafficking of children online, live, for money. And what happens is, because of high-speed internet and the prevalence of cell phones and cameras and the dark web, people in Canada, pedophiles, can engage someone in the Philippines, in the city of Cebu is where we operate, to uh, commit sex acts against a child online, live, while they watch from the comfort of home and pay them money uh, online. It's a, it's a very, very grim problem. And our youngest victims to date are found here. Uh, the, uh, a half of our victims are under 12 years of age, and it's very common to have two-year-olds, three-year-olds um, victims of this crime. But I want to show you that even in that grim reality, there is hope. And this is a short video uh, about a girl named Cassie. It's really hard. It's like, I, I was thinking, 
I want to I want to die I want to die because of this pain but I can't When first time uh, Mary Cooter telling me that oh, Manila is very nice, he said, so I can wear a nice clothes and then he taking care of me. He told me that he can help me to reach my, all my dreams. First time in Manila, it was very happy because there's a lot of building. You wear nice clothes, you have your own money, you can stay in a nice house. So Manila is very nice compared to my place. We are six victims inside of the house of my recruiter. My recruiter hurt me every day when I do something bad that he doesn't like because he wants every day, he wants I need to follow him, but if I don't follow him, um, he's going to hurt me, just punk me, slap me in the face in front of the people. I really want to kill him. I really want to die that time, but I can't. It's feel very lonely for me because I was very far from my family and I can't tell them what happened to me because I was very scared. all the pain. It is in my second home I realize everything that you don't need to lose hope. If I see or if I hear or there is a victim of human trafficking like us, I just want her to comfort her, help her to move forward and just fight for your rights because that's the start where um, where I stand now. So no matter how dark it might seem, God is at work in the world. Cassie, uh, we got to meet her a couple of years ago when she came to a large prayer gathering and shared her testimony in front of all of us. Full of joy, full of hope, and she now works for IJM. She's 21 years old, going to school, and she's one of the first people that our rescued victims get to meet. And she's able to encourage them that this is going to get a whole lot better. So God is at work in the world. Uh, as you study, it's not for nothing. Uh, no matter what the course that uh, you don't like, it's for something. And don't underestimate how God might use it in the future. Uh, in this book, there is a chapter about different um, occupations in the justice world that, um, that work and fit like a glove. Uh, but in the whole great scheme of things, uh, there's hardly anything that can't make a contribution to justice for the poor. So thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you uh, need to know more, um, you can get in contact with me anytime. There are some literature on the table outside and um, also my card. Thanks. I'll pray before you go. Wherever Cassie is today, we ask for your blessing on her, that she might have a great day.
that she would see the hand of God on her life, that what men meant for evil, you meant for good, for the saving of many lives. And might it be true of us as well, that in all of our problems, in all the troubles of this world, we go from here today knowing you have overcome the world. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.